The risk of trading futures and options can be substantial. All information, publications, and material used and distributed by Advanced Trading Incorporated shall be construed as solicitation. ATI does not maintain an independent research department as defined in CFTC Regulation 1.71. Information obtained from third-party sources is believed to be reliable, but its accuracy is not guaranteed by Advanced Trading Incorporated. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Good morning, coming to you live from Bettendorf, Iowa. I have some good news and bad news. Some of the things we can control, some of the things we can't control. Bombs away overseas, a very volatile night when it comes to shipping. Uh, On the plus side, ECB left rates unchanged. Uh, We have a volatile grain market already, some action in uh, all the markets. Uh, Cattle are up, feeders are up. I'm ready to go with charts and graphs and everything else. Connor's got the slide deck load it up. And for those of you who don't remember who Connor B is, I have a little introduction here. Connor Bridgman, Assumption, Illinois, contributor, ATI Pro Media. Connor B, that is so embarrassing. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tommy. I never know what to expect with you. (laughs) That's a really cute slide. You look cute in that. Let's go. Load up that deck. What are we talking about first? Yes, sir. You load, you, uh, Hinted at it, talking about logistics. Right now, we got grains down again, beans down eight, corns down, sitting right at four. And one thing that's not easing, Tommy, is the logistics. Hothi Rebels launched their biggest attack to date on the merchant vessels in Red Sea. We were kind of hopeful, you know, a lot of U.S. intervention. We were kind of hoping that would normalize. It's not looking like it's normalizing yet. And Yeah, I I watch the markets a lot. I I trade them at night and... Every single night, we kind of trade up. I mean, it's not often we get lower, but boy, the difference between the night market and the day market, uh, night markets, I hate to say this, it's just not what it used to be. And with volatility so low, speaking of volatility low, the CME group lowered margins on corn futures, soybean futures, other products. Uh, It's not something we would necessarily tell clients, but when I tell you the CME lowered margins, do you think that's because markets are volatile or not volatile? Not vol- Lower and not volatile. Right. So it means tighter range. Yesterday, when we talked about the next 100 days of corn, we want you to lower your expectations, not because we have this magic eight ball here that we uh, pull out uh, all types of mysteries and read palms. But when the CME group is lowering margins and lowering what limit up or limit down is, it's just them taking in their, uh, they have about 16 factors that determine on why they charge you what they charge. What else are we talking about today, sir? Yeah. Uh, some positive news, mortgage, mortgage applications up 9.9% the first week in January, highest we've seen in a long time, Tommy. Other thing I saw relating to this refinancing, we saw a ton of refinancing. Uh, I think the number was 20, 30%. Don't quote me on that. But um, a lot of re- refinances in the new year, which kind of surprised me because two years ago, what were rates were probably half of what they were. But I think people, you know, they're probably playing catch up the ones that had the higher interest rates. So. Absolutely. And when we started the show, uh, when we were practicing the show we, and when we went live on the first day, uh, I remember saying 10 year note 505 at yep. the last day of the year, or a few days before the last year. Joe was popping up 10-year note, 3.80. Now, we don't pop up the yields as much anymore because we've kind of stabilized. So the 10-year rate's at 4%. Uh, 
uh, you add uh, three points to that and you get that uh, interest rate. Speaking of interest rates, ECB left interest rates 45 and stated that they will keep rates at restrictive levels for as long as necessary. So uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the ECB. They're not really buying in the noise. They want to see something of value from the Fed before they're going to lower interest rates, correct? Yeah, for those of you watching at home in the back of the room having a hard time seeing it, that's European Central Bank. Just remember that, uh, God, it's coming on like 20-some years that the uh, euro was created and we got rid of a lot of currencies. Uh, and so they are as equally, if not more powerful in some ways than the Fed. Maybe I'm missaying that, but uh, don't underestimate what the ECB does. So you have the United States, which is a powerhouse. Hey, remember that chart we showed last week of all the debt of different countries? Well, yes. America was a big... Uh, octagon there and China was, but you have to add all those European countries up and that would equal the ECB. So that's something we should look back at. Hey, uh, we have a question. What are the odds we get a big surprise on the 12th? I'll go after that one. Robert, we already got the big surprise. The big surprise is that United States and the world are not prepared for what's happening on the uh, political uh, war front. Uh, The big surprise was that uh, Russia invaded uh, Ukraine it wouldn't surprise me at all to have a short covering rally, but when grains are up at night and bombs go off in the, uh, all the shipping, you know, not all, but a lot of the ship, one of the major shipping areas, take your focus off what the USDA is going to tell you and put it more on the world global level that we have a bottleneck of shipping. And so there is way too much focus on the USDA number and not enough focus on our, our, our policies within the United States and, uh, in the world. What, what do we have for slides and budgets and everything else? I hear we have yeah. an action oh, pack. Show. Other thing for Robert, though, Robert, I, I understand. Yes. Go ahead. And other, other uh, color on that. I think uh, Thursday, maybe Friday, Tommy, we'll really dive into that Jan 12th report. Our research team puts together a great slide that I look of that we can see the historical volatility. Does it, is it going to predict what we're going to see Friday? No, but it is good to look at, to see what, what we've done in years past. So right, jumping right that, into it. Yeah, go ahead. From PJ. Uh, the options market currently has uh, that corn could move about up 19 cents or down 19 cents. That's what the what the options market saying. That's not what advanced trading saying. That's if if you did a, a certain option trade, they're saying we could go up 19 cents. We could go down 19 cents real quick and not necessarily wanting people to do them. But there's something called a week two option again that will expire at Friday at 115. And uh, this report comes out at 11. You talk about a short dated option. I mean, if, if, if someone needed massive upside or massive downside, uh, a few pennies could go a long way. I don't necessarily suggest them because it just takes care of a tiny bit of the problem. When I think you have a problem that's a thousand days long, sorry to go long. The show is yours. (laughs) No, good, good info. So Tommy, yesterday we had some Conab estimates for Brazil production and no big surprises. They lowered uh, corn and soybean production on lower um, lower yield. They lowered planting. No big numbers. We got a lot in there. Uh, I guess soybean area went up slightly. But if we're looking for something bullish, right, this is starting it. We're seeing them reduce production, uh, lower that. We'll see what the USDA says Friday. But overall message is that Brazil, lower production, uh, lower area planted, and lower yield on corn soybeans. One thing to keep in mind as well Right, this is just Brazil. So when you look at production, well, it's lower than last year. We have Argentina and we have Paraguay as well. And so uh, overall, right, production's not down in uh, unless we take a massive hit on soybeans in South America. But Brazil, we are looking at some lower bean production. 
We we have a question, and I pulled up a chart. Uh, everything you're saying, uh, I'm going to pull this chart back out real quick. Uh, yep. Pull that back out, Joe. I'm not ready for that. But we have a question, and we'll get to that. Let's do questions at the end uh, because I want to go through your slides. But Paul has a great question. We'll get to that. Yeah, okay. Pop that off. Other thing we have, any color on CONAB numbers? We good there, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. And I'll get into it that those those numbers are so bullish that beans are down seven, right? That's my sarcastic, <laughs> uh, you know, this show's free and that's what you get. This number is so bullish that beans are down seven. Let's not uh, get uh, too revved up here. But so it's, uh, you know, the keep... markets rallied yesterday, Connor, and it felt like a huge rally. Really, all that happened yesterday was the markets quit going down. We found a value area. We flushed out on the open. Buyers came in. I talked about it on Scott the Cow Guy show on RFD. We we hit a level yesterday where people found value. Yeah, very true. And so keeping the bad news going, we had University of Illinois release their or revised 2024 crop budgets. And so this, you know, it's an estimate. They pool a lot of information. I think it's a great starting point. It does a lot of talking points. I love looking at it. I think they do a great job putting it together. And so no surprises here, Tommy. We are not looking at positive returns for 2024 in Illinois. They break it down by northern, central, uh, and southern Illinois. And we're looking at negative returns when we factor in land costs. So a uh, couple things, a, a lot of numbers. I'd encourage you to go look at this, jump on their website, and and see what you think about it. But some things that stood out to me, we've talked a lot about expenses. Not a whole lot. We're not seeing any big significant drops from 2023. And the other thing is, I the pencil really still pushes to soybeans, right? If we're talking returns on what we're uh, budgeting right now, and it pushed to soybeans last year too, and we planted 94 million acres. So I don't know how much stock I'll put in that, but uh, yeah, negative returns, not looking at positive, which isn't uh, definitely different than what we've seen the past couple of years. Farmers love to plant corn. That's all I say. Farmers love to plant corn, and if you have the equipment to plant corn, you have a dryer, you have bins. You're like hooked on planting corn. And uh, there's some interesting things happening with the carbon credits when it comes to corn. There's interesting things everywhere. Most important, regardless of what the University of Illinois says, you have to manage the risk on your farm, pence your pencil, your numbers in, know what your costs are, and go from there. It is definitely uh, uh, a lot of things happening. I watch a lot of different shows, and there's a lot of different opinions. But the truth is that there's not... uh, it's not easy to tell people things aren't going well. And I'll, I'll do that tomorrow in my speech and say that, you know, it's simple. The party was awesome, but the hangover is going to suck. And we are definitely, uh, we just woke up and our head hurts and it, it's just starting like this is going to be a long, a long hangover. Uh, and it's, uh, that's, that's almost saying that prices don't go up. That's not necessarily true. Prices could go up, but the expenses will go up right with them. So the days of seven, $8 corn, the CME group in the options market doesn't think it's any time uh, happening soon. Anything else we have, sir? That's all we got. Let's dive into questions if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. Paul Zimmerman, does trouble in the Suez hurt U.S. farm exports more or South America more? I'm going to, I know Paul well. I will uh, ask Cesar and Brian and Larry uh, that question and uh, rather than make a fool of myself and answer it live on TV, we work with some really smart people. Of course, ATI Pro Media, uh, we're powered by Advanced Trading Research Department. We have over uh, uh, 
Bob. Well, there's four Absolutely. or five people in research, and then we work with a bunch of really smart commercial brokers. And That's a great question. We'll get back yeah. to you, Paul. Thanks my, for asking. My first thought on that, Tommy, Suez Canal is going to be Europe to China, right? That's that main trade route. And so does it hurt the U.S. or South America more? I, you know, shipping everything, it's all fungible. If it hurts here, it's going to hurt us slightly. So I, I love to hear what Cesar says, right? I'm just throwing this out there, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's an even. I don't know if it hurts South America or U.S. more is my first initial reaction. I'll get this next it's one. Even. Brazil, or a friend, Luke, Brazil continues to take more share of the export market. So the domestic mar- market matters even more. What is the hope for the future increase <laughs> oh. of domestic use for row crops? Well, uh, great, great question. question. We do have hope. I'll tell you a difference between U.S. and Brazil right now. In the U.S., our whole focus is about feelings and making you feel good about yourself and your political views. In Brazil, they're into producing bushels and selling them into China. Totally two different agendas. We have a political election coming up, and 99% of the people want to go buy affordable food. I don't even know that housewives or farmers who go shopping for themselves love paying a lot at the grocery store. Commodity prices are set to go down over history, and I believe they will. Brazil is kicking our butt when it comes to producing uh, crops and getting them exported to our number one buyer, China. So we are definitely more worried about feelings than exports. Yes. And on the, if we're looking for hope of increased domestic use, that's going to be that, uh, three-letter acronym, SAF, Sustainable Aviation Fuel, right? Uh, We talked a lot and we'll continue to talk about these crush plants coming online, right? Instead of exporting the raw commodity, could we be exporting and using soybean meal? So is there hope for domestic use and domestic demand? Absolutely. It's on the table. And I hope it, right? I I want that to continue to come to fruition and continue to have that demand in-house. So there is absolutely hope, Luke, and we'll see. It'll be a couple of years down the road when we'll see. Real quick, Connor, I'm going to pop yeah. something up. So our friend Robert's worried that the Dukes are <laughs> going to corner the market, and they already know what the uh, USDA number is. Uh, rather than worry about the Dukes, I understand you're doing some premium content here after work with uh, Cesar. Talk about that a little bit, and how can people get that uh, premium content? Yeah, feel free. Reach out to us. Cesar and I are going to film. We're going to do a uh, fundamental outlook kind of before this report, see where we stand on the balance sheet side filming that tomorrow give us a call send us an email if you want to see it we'll uh um definitely get that out to you if you need it um and i think with that tommy um i think that's all we got feel free like and subscribe watch us on apple podcast spotify give us a call send us an email and i think with that we will see you tomorrow yep Producer Joe's putting out shorts. Uh, Check out our TikTok channel. Check out our YouTube channel. Every day we review the show and uh, break down the 10, 12 minutes we talked and try to bring you the best two 15-segment seconds. For you crazies out there on TikTok, click on us, like, and subscribe, ATI Pro Media. Now here we go to uh, this cute girl who works at Advanced Trading. See you, buddy. See ya. Thanks for joining us. We're here every day, 9 a.m. Central. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.